Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Welcome to the podcast, Evie. How are you doing today? A little crazy, but really good. Good, good. (laughs) This is not your first time on the podcast. It's great to be welcoming you back. And this time to talk about your upcoming book, The Basics of Mastering ClickUp. So who is your book aimed at? So the book is pretty much for anybody starting to use ClickUp, companies that have teams that need to learn ClickUp because they're working in it every day, or just simply existing ClickUp users that are like, I feel like I'm missing something. So the book is really aimed to build that strong foundation and knowledge about ClickUp so that you can focus on really streamlining your processes and optimizing your workflows, not being bugged down by trying to understand the tool, simply because I'm like the the biggest issue we have found is because ClickUp is so versatile and you can personalize it so much, it really shows where your own processes and workflows fall short because Mm -hmm. you need to have that knowledge to be able to implement it in the tool and choose what setup is best for you. So if we can rewind back a bit, when did you first discover ClickUp? Oh my God, I've been around ClickUp since 18. I'm one of the OGs. I went live on Facebook with a really crappy video at that point. Still on my YouTube channel. I plucked that, that live recording on my YouTube channel. And that's pretty much where my journey started. Just using the tool, then consulting the tool, then becoming the evangelist for ClickUp, working directly with ClickUp, teaching ClickUp, consulting on ClickUp. It's It's been a part of my life since 2018. Wow, that is a really long time. And so I suppose in that time, that's given you the chance to see the gaps that people have got and what they need. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because there's a lot of project management tools out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Uh, there is a need for all of them. I always say, you know what? The best tool is the one you actually use. Yes. And with that, as I already kind of touched on to, there's a lot of people that love Trello because it Mm -hmm. puts you in a box. Trello to me is the tiniest box. It's, It's a great one to start with when you don't know your processes and workflows. Then you got tools like Asana that make the box a little bit bigger, but there's still a box. I'm like, there are some features missing over there. I'm like, really? We're in 2023 and you still only allow one assignee? And then you come to ClickUp and it's like, oh, I can can do all the things. And you have the scroll moment of what can I do? What, how, where? And people get completely overwhelmed because to make the decision how to build out your ClickUp, how to structure it, what to implement you need to have a pretty good understanding of the processes you want to run in ClickUp. And if you don't, if you are going into this of, oh, this tool is going to help me run my processes and figure this out, Mm. doesn't work like that at all. 
Is that something that you help people with figuring out their processes? Do you go back that far with them? That's actually my main work. It's it's yeah. interesting. Most of my clients come to me and like, hey, I need some help setting up ClickUp. And I always get that little smirk in the side of my my lips. <laughs> And I jump on the discovery. They already have to fill out quite some information. So I have a good understanding when I get into the discovery call. And then it's like, so where are your processes at? And then I get this blank stare more often than not. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm, got it. Okay. So yeah. And my favorite question often is like, okay, if I could wave a magic wand, what would that look like? Well, I can get the expectation and that picture that my clients have in their head and I can build around that. I can build custom views and click up and setups and all the things based up on the feedback that I'm getting there. That's a lot of skill. What's the best way if someone is listening to this and perhaps they're thinking, I'd like to use ClickUp, but I don't have my processes in place. Where do you start to set your processes? What would you recommend someone do? Where I start with is first of all, your moneymaker process. So there's a lot of processes and workflows happening in your business, right? The most important one is what I call your moneymaker, meaning that's your client process. How are you making money in your business? That's the first process you are taking care of. And it can be as simple as taking pen and paper and writing down, okay, leads are coming in this way. After they came to me and said, hey, I want to work with you, cool. What needs to happen next? What questions do I need to ask? Invoices, discovery calls, and just writing those things out so that you can start seeing where do clients fall off in your moneymaker process? Where can you potentially automate things with data transfer and automation? So we, we really start small. Initially, really just the, the main steps of what happens and then you can start polishing up on that. How do you attract leads? How do you take care of them and turn them into clients? How do you deliver everything? How do you follow up afterwards? How many of us actually ask for a testimonial? I'm guilty of that. I forget that. Yeah. And then how can you turn them into recurring? How can you get referrals from them? How can you make, make them come back? So I actually do have a freebie on that. I'm going to give you the link for that. So your audience can pop in. We made it a really simple workbook to really help getting started on that. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. I'll make sure that I link to that in the show notes too, so that everyone can download it. So your book, can you talk a little bit about how you've managed to fit in writing a book as well as running your business and helping all your clients? Have your processes helped? Oh, I'm fitting it in, to be honest. <laughs> It's been, it's been quite a journey to get here. I do have some author friends that have written quite a few books. And we initially had pitched this book to a major publishing house. ClickUp was involved themselves in this pitch. And we just couldn't make it work. We couldn't get both parties aligned. So after a year of pitching that, that just went down the drain and then I had a secondary publishing house reach out to me that wanted to go ahead with the book. And I'm like, sweet, I don't have to learn how to format a book, how to publish it, where to get it, get it on Amazon, you know, all the things. 
I can just write my expertise and get this book done. So there is less time that I have to spend on getting this book out there. Six chapters out of 12 are written and suddenly that publishing house says, yeah, we're not going to finish this because apparently some editors don't edit. They just recommend. Oh, okay. So my editor was just recommending things and I'm like, we have like 10,000 different colors in this document and I don't even know what you want from me. Why Why don't you, you an editor? Yeah. English is my second language. Right. And when I said I want the editor to edit, they decided to not go ahead with the project. So there I was now needing to find the time to redo the cover because that was their trademark. The written content was luckily my IP. Okay. Needed to redo the cover, needed to find the time to finish this myself, figuring out how to publish on Amazon, do all the things, format, edit. Yeah. So, yeah, we have pushed the release date a couple of times now to get everything done and to learn everything. Having said that, what has helped immensely, first of all, is having the book process, all of the chapters in ClickUp. Yes, mm -hmm. we literally do this in ClickUp too. And then having people in my corner. My team is in my corner to be there for accountability when I had hit those moments of, why am I writing a book? I'm more the video person. Writing is not my strong suit. So having people in my corner that are like, you know why you want to do it. You want to finish this that have my back, but also help with a fresh set of eyes. And then the team over at Easel was amazing and jumped right on and actually did create the cover to the book. Oh, fantastic. So just having the right people in your corner definitely helps when life doesn't work as you planned it to. Yeah. It's so good, though, that despite those hurdles that you overcame them and that book is still going to be published soon. Oh, yes. ClickUp is rolling out 3.0 version. So all of the screenshots I had need to be updated, too, before we publish this. Oh, my gosh. That's just the I joys, isn't it? I don't make my life easy. Do you? You don't. <laughs> Will you be publishing the book in German as well? I haven't even thought about this, to be honest. I'm like, my mom would probably have fun with this because she thinks I'm not German anymore, or at least not 100%. <laughs> English language is coming easier to me now than German language. Really? Gosh. Yep. How long have you been living in America? Since 2007. Well, that is quite a while. Were yeah. you in Germany up until that point? Mm -hmm. 24 years, born and raised in Germany. Okay. So I'm trying to do the maths. We're coming up to 17 years next 17 year. years. That's really interesting to me. So I'm not great with language, but that English would eventually come easier to you. It's funny. It's there's mm. moments where I'm like with my mom, I can talk English German combination, right? Okay. My grandpa, not so much. And when I visit with friends, what we often do is they speak German and I speak English. We both understand each other, but we easier speak separate languages. What? made you move to America in the first place? I was an owner of a pub at the time right before I moved to the States and Germany was rolling out the non-smoking law. I'm like we here in California are used to it right? Yeah. Nevada different story and I was a smoker at that point. I was a smoker a long time in my life. I have not smoked since 2009. 
Ah, pretty proud of that. Yeah, yeah I have well to admit done. there were a couple of cigarettes in between, but overall. <laughs> but yeah, so pub was already not going as planned. I'm in a little tiny town somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And now they're bringing out the non-smoking law when people already just open up their garage and meet their friends there with a keg of beer. And I'm like, hmm. So I have this conversation with the cousin of my first husband and he made the comment of why don't you come to the States? So a couple months later, two suitcases and a dog and I was on a plane to the States. Wow. Just like that. That's the short version, but yeah, pretty much within six months we came at that point, we weren't married yet, but we came to Sacramento end of November, checking everything out. Do we want to do this? And in February, I was on a plane. My first husband was already over here end of the year before me. Wow. It's really not, it, it sounds big. It sounds crazy, but it actually isn't more stressful or more crazy than moving from Berlin to Hamburg or something like that, or from the UK to Germany. It's just because it's over a big ocean. It's really not that much a difference. I've seen a lot of people stress out more about moving from one German city to another one than I did from Germany to the States. And was your English always very good? (laughs) No, no. We learn British English in school in Germany, right? So it's it's trousers. It's not pants. And it's, and I still have to think about this. (laughs) It's aluminum foil, not tin foil. And then the funny thing is, in German language, it's aluminum, not aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. Moving to the States, initially people were like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh, so you made kind of the British mistakes, did you, that that we make? The British mistakes combined with a really strong German accent. I'm now always laughing about my mom when she speaks German. Love her to pieces. Her accent is hilarious. And I used to have it. And it's like, damn, yeah, you can tell. You can tell without a doubt German. Yeah. Nowadays, people cannot tell anymore. Interestingly, most people think I'm Australian. I'm like, have you heard Australians talk? I suppose you would have to know to pick up the German. It's interesting. There's a handful of people that pick it up really quick, Mm -hmm. but most of them are completely off. Yeah. What do you like most about living over in California? Especially San Diego, the weather. Yeah, it's, it's, I love San Diego specifically, first of all, for the weather, even though this year has been a little bit crazy. We had more of Texas weather, the, the humid heat rather than the dry heat we usually have here. But it's just, first of all, it feels home to me. San Diego really feels home. Am I going to retire here? Who knows? I get to experience all the things. I I barely experienced COVID lockdown, to be honest, because we just moved everything outside. Oh, I can be paddleboarding nearly year round. We yeah. have all the foods and cuisines I can dream of. Some a little bit Americanized still. But yeah, the looking at what Sacramento was and what San Diego is, just the the availability, the things that I can do and have here that I can't have somewhere else. It's it's just the whole happy package for me. I follow you on Instagram and you seem to live a very healthy lifestyle. Like you go to the gym quite a lot too. I try. 
So it looks like you have managed to get that balance, which can be really hard as a business owner. I don't want to sound like I have my stuff together. I actually <laughs> don't as much. You um, look like you do. I try. I try a lot. I, I have done a lot of what's called biohacking as of late that, that you have seen where I just started tracking my ketones to see getting getting the old stuff out of my body, going to work out. I walk a lot. I deal with a lot of anxiety and just general mm, fluttery feelings. So movement has helped me a lot level that out. For anybody listening, I don't believe in balance. I okay. don't think that there actually is a full-on balance in the sense of real balance. I think we go through seasons. Meaning there's going to be a season where I'm going to take business a little bit more easy, where I'm potentially more tired, where I'm recharging, where I'm doing more for myself. And then there's times like right now where the business is the main focus, where yes, I do have non-negotiables. I might not go to the gym every day, even though we are getting close to that schedule, but that has been a growing habit. I started out a lot of working, just, just walking the property and then getting into three times a week working out, which now is turning more into five times a week, but always just making a promise to myself that I can keep. Mm -hmm. So not over promising to myself of I'm going to go to the gym every day. I know I'm not going to do that. And then I feel bad about myself. And then I'm not going to go at all. Yeah, I have to stop then. I have slowly just built up the promises to myself, keeping those promises so I don't end up beating up myself. So balancing out how I do that rather than, again, five days a week going just three days a week. And if I go more, I get to celebrate. And really just listening to really what feels good to me. I've been working a lot of energy management where it's like in that biohacking, I don't watch sh certain shows on TV because I know they just make me angry and irritated and anxious. I cannot watch horror shows because I literally would jump out of my seat. I was seat. just so going to say, like, what I kind? <laughs> I don't do horror shows anymore. I used to watch Freddy Krueger when I was nine. Oh, so I used nine. to, right? But I think that might just be the reason why I don't want to watch them anymore because I, I literally jump out. I know exactly what's going to happen. You can tell by the music, yet still I'm getting that adrenaline kick. And no, mm -mm, we're not doing yeah. that. I also catch myself when I watch too much of this over-the-edge drama shows like Housewives of Orange County or whatever. I catch myself... Mm -hmm that I start to call in that same kind of drama into my own life. So I'm like, I just choose to not watch that and just keep keep things happy and easy. I'm like, yeah, I watch stuff like Lincoln Lawyer. Don't get me wrong. I still have drama in my TV schedule and I love this stuff. But it's just the, the level of, of drama and horror where I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't... Yeah, I think it's important to pay attention to the effect of what you're consuming has on you. Like, I stopped watching the news a long time ago because it used to play on my mind a lot. Still, I haven't watched it for years. Same here. I'm like, I get through social media when major things happen. Me too. Yeah. But often enough, my friends are like, did, did you see? I'm like, no, what do I need to know? Is there something I actually need to know? Cool. Give me the rundown. But other than that, the constant, especially over here in the States where we have a two-party system that I believe a two-party system is 
sorry, the dumbest idea you can have. I'm like, I can't because it's a constant just ping-ponging. Yeah. You have you have one in power that's now going to try to run down what the other one built. And then we just flip the thing around. I'm like, why do I need to watch that? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. It's slightly different, isn't it? I guess politics in America. Not there that is no is middle great, ground. But... There is no, no real middle ground in politics over here because you don't really have to find a common ground. Yeah, that's really interesting. And also going back to what you said about the balance and not having a balance, I, I think that that's right too. Some things are more dominant, like especially when you're working on a project like a book, that's going to be more consuming. And then yeah. there are times maybe when the book's finished and then you focus on another area of your life. I've heard that called work-life sway rather than balance. I kind of liked that. Sway yeah. is one way, sway is the other way a bit. It's not, yeah, because yeah. when when you when you say the word balance the perception and the feeling with it is we want to have it all equal and you're yes. never going to have it all equal and if we don't reach the equal now we are beating ourselves up and i'm like no it's yeah. just season just like nature goes through seasons other than when you live in san diego <laughs> it's it's our business goes through the same kind of seasons where you have growth spurts where you're going to put a lot of new stuff in and a lot of work into your business and then you have more of the summer where you are, you're taking a break from school and you go spend some time out on the water and you go travel yes. and then fall, you are prepping for winter and you are building new things. It's our business goes through the same kind of seasons that anything else does. Do you have a particular morning routine that you follow? Yes and no. I have a would like to do in the morning routine, which is just relaxing on my coffee, journaling, some meditation, then going to the gym and showering. Now, that doesn't always happen like that. I try to journal every day, but I'm also not going to beat myself up if I don't. However, that one thing that is a non-negotiable is the first hours in my day is me time. Me, right. period, me, done, non-negotiable. I just need to be able to go have my coffee and hang if that's what I want to do. Some days I just wake up and I hit the floor running, which means I'm going to have my coffee on my patio with my laptop. And then sometimes it's just oh my God, I'm tired. It it just is what it is. And I actually do have, my morning routine is different on Fridays than the rest of the week. I have an alarm Monday through Thursday. My alarm goes off at 6.30. I got the whole sunshine wake up thing with my lights going on. So sleeping in in the morning and not starting my day till 10 or 11 o'clock. So I sometimes even skip my morning routine on Fridays. It's just, what do I need that day? And then in the afternoon, potentially catching up with some client work or taking care of my business or just taking the day off if that's what I need. I like that. I, I think it's important to be very aware of your energy levels because they're not the same throughout the week. And it very much depends on what you've been doing on those other days. And I try to get an early start. It usually works out that I can get an early start Mondays and Tuesdays. They need need a bit longer on a Wednesday to recover and Usually yep. I can do Thursday, Friday, but you can't expect to be able to do the same thing every day. Oh, I get that. And it's like, I even try to do the whole get up early, like a lot of moms do, or the 5am club. It does not work for me. It does not work for me. I seriously put the effort in and I'm like, because once in a while, when I do wake up just at four o'clock, I'm like, I'm awake. I'm just getting up. 
it does well. But on a regular schedule, it's 6.30 is, is that time where I have figured out that's when I'm my best. Yeah. So to anybody out there that has been told you have to be the 5 a.m. club, believe me, you don't. No, no. It I works think for that, you. That's it. But we're all different, aren't we? And I know people who they're much better later. That's not me. I'm I'm dead later, but I'm not 5 a.m. club either. So I think it's just doing what works for you, isn't it, when you're running your business? Yeah, and what I have found, so I have gotten the aura ring in, I got mine generation two. I have, since I got that, that ring, I have not taken it off. I literally wear this all the time, just charge it when I go take a shower. And what it has taught me about my sleep patterns when I best go to sleep, when I sleep best, when is my deepest sleep, how alcohol screws up my sleep, even if it's just one glass. Really? From one glass? Yeah. Oh, I, I like myself a nice glass of bubbly. And one glass is not that I feel it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily feel if I just have a glass of, of bubbly in the evening and I wake up okay the next morning. It's not that it's a hangover or something. Yeah. But if I do this a couple of times, I can feel it. However, I already see on my sleep score and my sleep pattern that I did not sleep as well and deep as I do when I do not have alcohol. And if I have fun, I just did that. We went out for happy hour on Monday with the girls. Nice. My sleep is still not what it usually is. And today is Wednesday. Fascinating to be able to check that. I'm I'm a numbers girl. It's like, give, give me the data. What does the data say? Totally. So when it came to writing your book, did you um, prefer a certain time of day to write or certain days of the week? It, it actually changes. So initially, so my creative phase is usually in the afternoon. So when I need to, when I come up with things and I write actually by talking, I have my Google Docs open and I use the voice to text feature, which can be quite interesting. You still got to prove this, especially with a German <laughs> accent. My creative face is better in the afternoons or I grab my laptop and I work on a weekend on my patio or something, just getting out of my standard hustle mentality at my desk. However, when it comes down to editing and polishing and screenshots and all the things, I'm best right away in the morning and not use client work or content creation as an excuse to push it, push it to the afternoon and then push it to the next day <laughs> yes. or the next day or the next week. That's like eat the frog, isn't it? Do that mm -hmm. first. Yes. Works out better if you can make yourself do that. No, okay. Get yourself a team member that's on your booty and keeps yes. you accountable. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, it's been really lovely to talk to you and I can't wait to read your book when it's out. 27th of September, correct? That is the goal. I am hoping. We are working hard to make that happen. The goal is 27th of September with all kinds of book bonuses. We got the foreword from Zeb, who is the CEO of ClickUp. They've been involved making sure I have all the resources to get this done. Brilliant. So, yeah. 
No more excuses, Evie. Get the book out. No, get it finished. And where can listeners go to connect with you? The easiest really is the website, which is askevie.com, A-S-K-Y-V-I.com. And everything is linked in there. Excellent. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast again today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest Podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode. 